Hello and welcome to another episode of Book Faces Live, the show where we talk to the faces behind your books. I'm Nathan Van Koops, I'm your host, and today I'm excited to bring you an interview with author Sydney Swanson. Um, Sydney Swanson is the author of the, um, the Thief in Time series and also has um, a couple of other series we're going to chat about. And do you, I don't know if you see me, Sydney, if you're able to, to see me watching, Andrea is watching. I see um, Marilyn is watching, fantastic. I see some people signing on, so that's great. Uh, I see another little plus one, which I hope isn't Sydney, because I can't bring her on. Um, again, yeah, we're running into some issues here with the with the technical difficulties, unfortunately, getting Sydney to come on, and, and um, it's been plaguing us. I see, I see Marilyn's watching. Um, hello, guys, thanks for tuning in and saying hello. Um, and once again, we were battling our our internet demons and uh, trying to get to get alive to agree with us. Uh, we had trouble with uh, with Facebook um, earlier. CK is back. Hi guys. So thanks for thanks for tuning in and saying hi. Um, unfortunately, for some reason, I just can't seem to get Sydney to show up on here. I think she's able to watch, and I will look for comments. Mm, okay. So Matthew Taylor's watching. Hey Matthew. Hope you're doing well. Good to see you again. Um, and Sydney says hi. I see she's actually watching. It says bring Sydney on camera. Okay. And it says it's adding her. All right. So this is good news. And we'll see what happens. So yeah, I was fortunate enough to meet Sydney in um, here in, in Florida at Nink at the Nink conference and. Uh, we were able to chat, chat a little bit about her, her book. She has some, some gorgeous cover art um, you can check out at uh, sydneyswanson.com. Uh, learn a little bit more about her. And it says that it's still adding her, so I hope, hopefully she'll be able to, to get on with us here shortly. Um, I saw Pete, is, I think, was, maybe said hi there. So uh, good, to, good to see you. Uh, if, if anyone, everyone's watching, it's, um, I can't always see everyone who's watching, but feel free to say hi. And uh, Sean says, way ahead, Kay, in the UK. Hey, there hey. you are. Hey, All right. We win. We win at the internet. We did. Uh, managed to, to defeat the the, uh, the gremlins again today. So um, so hello, and thank you so much for, for coming on the show today. I appreciate you being here. Well, I'm delighted to finally be here. <laughs> yeah, it's um, we, we have had our share of issues, but we... Um, I'm just so excited about the opportunity to talk to you as uh, you know, a fellow author who's been doing this for, for quite a while. You've, you've, um, I've seen your books have been out since 2000, was it 2012? 2011, actually, May 2011 is when I started. Can you tell people a little bit about um, your series, your various series, and sort of what people can expect when they pick up uh, a Sydney Swanson book? Sure. So um, I don't know if you, if you know Cristobal. She calls my books. She says they are uplifting adventure. So um, I kind of think, yeah. I think that was not a bad description. So I've got uh, three different series out. One of them, the first one is the Ripple series, and that's about the people who can turn invisible and the uh, geneticists who are, uh, who are after them, basically. Um, and then the next series is called Saving Mars, and that is set in um, an imagined future about 300 years from now. 
um, surrounded or centering on a, a, a teenager, essentially, who decides to, to make a very desperate raid on Earth, and Earth and Mars are no longer on friendly terms at this point. Um, and then the third series is the Thief in Time series, and that one um, is about time-traveling teenagers, because who, who wouldn't want to do that, right? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, what in, so Sean made a comment that our earlier technical difficulties, he thought that you might just be invisible. Um, <laughs> right on. Trouble. Um, can you, what inspired you to start out with that, with that series, with your invisibility series? Sure. What was the, um, you know, I was, version? I was thinking I was going to write a ghost story actually. And I'm, I'm, I'm very scared of, of ghost stories and horror. So I'm not really sure where that came from, but one day I was sitting around and I thought, what, maybe, a, maybe there's a ghost story that I've got to tell. And so as I was kind of walking around this property, and I, and I was away from home, too, and as I was walking around, I just kind of had this image in my head of a young girl um, who was down next to the Merced River and was just watching the river. And all of a sudden, she, she vanished. She turned invisible. And I was watching all of this happening, you know, in my head, obviously. <laughs> um, and yeah. I had two questions. One of them was, why did that happen? And the other one was, how come she didn't notice that she turned invisible? So, oh, you know, as okay. soon as you give your, your brain questions, your, your creative brain loves questions. And so yeah. mine was like off to the races with this, with this story. So that's the, that's the genesis of it. Um, is the background of this, um, is it kind of a science fiction world or is it more of a fantasy? Yeah. Like, how would you? Well, I am, I am married to a, a guy, I call him Dr. Science. He's got a PhD in physics. <laughs> so anytime I start doing a little bit too much hand wavy him, he um, yeah. goes, no, I'm not buying that. And, and he really is my, he's my first reader. Um, and so I always kind of tend to veer towards the science side and, and I have no shame picking his brain for, okay, so take me back to thermodynamics here. Take me over to, you know, um, so yeah. he, he, uh, very much inspires me to, and, and not cause he's asking me to, but just, you know, the fact that he's in my life means I'm always kind of looking for more of those science reasons as opposed to the fantasy reasons. Okay. Yeah. I, I like that. And I, I know a lot of, um, the folks watching, some of them maybe some of the readers of my series, and a lot of pop over, and it's one of those things where some people who are really into science fiction, like they want things to make sense, they need there to be reason and and logic to it, and um, otherwise it just drives them crazy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. And what um, what got you? Were had you always been writing? Did you have a background in writing prior to starting this? Great question. Um, so I I when I was seven, I decided that I wanted to be a writer. When I heard that that was something that you could do for a living, I was like, oh, yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Or, or no, seven-year-old me was not using language like that. But, you know, <laughs> I was like, right on, uh, sign me up. Um, and then I spent, um, I spent years writing stories um, all the time, always writing something. And then I, I had a, a very uh, um, a, a negative experience in middle school where my peers were able to vote between me and three other writers. We, the teacher picked our stories. 
my peers voted mm. and they did not vote for me. <laughs> and so I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, I can't write. I can't do this thing. So I, I quit. I actually quit for, oh. and I never even asked myself why for a good 10 years. Well, eight years before yeah. I even asked myself why. Um, and then I, you know, I just, life got in the way and um, I was constantly finding excuses not to write. And if I'm honest, it was, I, I was afraid to fail. Um, you know, those, those middle school emotions are intense and they stuck with me. And I, I just remembered how bad it felt to, in my mind, to have failed at something that mattered that much to me. So I think I, you know, I just really had to be a whole lot older um, and braver. And um, eventually all the, the stop start kind of writing that I did for, for over a decade, finally, I said to myself, I'm going to write something from start to finish. And it can be the worst book in the world, but I'm going to finish it. Um, so that was, that was kind of a breakthrough moment for me. That was, that was almost a decade ago. So, and I, I really have not looked back. Because it, it seems like you've been incredibly productive you know, since you started. When I look at your you know, Amazon page, you've got <laughs> you know, multiple series and you're in, in books. Is it uh, seven? How, how many books are in the Ripple series? Um, there's seven in the Ripple series. Yeah, it was supposed to be just a trilogy. And, um, yeah. you know, I've got this rule that if a character won't shut up in my head, then eventually I will write their story. And yeah, I had characters who were like, oh, me, oh, me, me. And so yeah. it turned into seven books. What was it, do you think, about that particular storyline, that hook that made it so successful and made it resonate with your readers and um, to the point where they want to You know, I'm trying to figure that out. Um, I think, so I hear a lot of, I can't forget the characters. I can't get the characters out of my head. And I'm like, yeah, I know me neither. Um, so I, I hear that a lot. I think that definitely, you know, plays in. And then I think... I mean, I don't know about you, but I would love to be able to turn insubstantial, like not just invisible, yeah. but like, you know, walk through walls. Um, and I, okay. I wonder if maybe yeah. that plays into it too. Um, uh, and is that something that's possible in your world? Oh, yeah. 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 And okay. it's, it's genetic. Um, there's a genetic marker that only gets triggered under certain circumstances. So there is this, this, this subgroup of, humankind who um who end up with this ability and it's um yeah it's a lot of fun i i i i would not even rule out at this point there might be more stories because some of them lately have been talking to me so yeah well i feel like there's so much potential there yeah that, so yeah yeah right, what are what are some of the things that that you would do if you were invisible well, now 12-year-old me would um, head over to the Merced Mall. I grew up in Merced, California, and I would head over to the mall, and I would steal lots of things, basically, redo my wardrobe. Yeah. <laughs> me nowadays? I don't know. Um, uh, the way that I created it, there's... Um, uh, when when my characters are insubstantial, they 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 have different ones of them have different um, kind of like you know some of us hear really well and some of us have really um, developed senses of smell. So they each have a differing abilities of their five senses still working. Mm -hmm. Everyone can see when they're insubstantial. Some of them can really feel, oh, wow, did you feel what passing through that, that rock wall felt like? That was really cool. So, um, okay. so I definitely would want 
to try and, you know, have all those experiences too. Um, especially going through glass. That's the one that I had the most fun describing. And man, I wish it was real because I would, I would love to pass in substantially through, through a big old wall of glass. That's really cool. I'm excited to, to check that out for sure. Um, so you went from there and then um, tell us about the, the Mars series, the Saving Mars series. Sure. So um, that kind of grew out of a, an, I had an early love of science fiction, um, but I was growing up at a time where you, you really, you needed a lot of help if you wanted to find a story where, you know, where the girl was the one captaining the ship or saving the planet. Um, I think, yeah. I think there, there definitely were things out there, but I didn't know librarians or teachers who knew how to point me to those stories. So after a few years, mm -hmm. I was just like, you know, I, this is, it's not my thing anymore. And I, and I completely walked away from reading sci-fi. Um, this was during the time when there were a lot of Star Wars movies coming out. So that became my sci-fi fix, really. Um, and then at some point after I was working on the invisible series and kind of hitting some roadblocks about where's this going to go next? Oh my gosh, I've written myself into such a corner. How am I going to get out of this? I, I started thinking about, um, Mars. Um, I think mm. this was probably about the time the curiosity Rover was, was launched. Uh, no, it was actually a year or two before that, a year or two before that. And I, I, realized I really want to tell that story that that 14 15 year old me couldn't find in the library and so yeah I wrote a book where the girl she's she's taking names and kicking ass and um and she's uh, the title saving Mars I'll leave it up to you to figure out if she does or not okay all right were there um certain inspirations as authors that you were reading as a child that that drove you in that direction of loving science fiction and um you know I really I loved Ray Bradbury he was one of my favorite authors but here's how I read Bradbury so I told you that I was too scared for ghost stories and horror right so here's me yeah. I'm going I'm reading Ray Bradbury I've got the new book I flip all the way to the back page to find out okay how do the people die at the end of the story because I, uh, I just I needed to know ahead of time these characters that I was going to invest in one of those theaters <laughs> <laughs> total theater so yeah, so I would do yeah. that. And you know, there's probably only a half a dozen stories where he doesn't kill. No, I don't know. I don't know how many stories he doesn't kill people versus does. But you know, he, yeah. he takes out a lot of the characters that you become really invested in. So that was, that was, I loved it. But I also, I had to find out, you know, how are they going to die before I, before I would read it? Um, yeah. Ursula K. Le Guin, uh, definitely mm -hmm. loved her stuff. Although, you know, more of on the fantasy side. Um, and then there's, there's authors whose names I wish I could remember and I can't, you know, the story about the kids who went to another planet in, in a ship that, that, um, you, you, you did it by using your mind. I mean, there's, there's all these stories that I remember reading, but I don't know what the names were. I don't know how I'd find them again. Yeah. Um, we have a question from Sean and he asks, do you prefer writing YA, um, or do you, will you move more into adult themes? Oh, um, you know, never say never. That's my biggest thing, because I, I have said never about many things and have had to eat my words. Um, right now, I, I don't see myself moving a lot in the adult world, um, although my, my time travel series actually does start with teenagers, and at this point, they're now in their early 20s. So I have, you know, moved um, because it felt right to do that in that story. 
Um, but I, I, YA is definitely my sweet spot. I, you know, I wouldn't, I heard somebody say this the other day. She, she said, I wouldn't say that books saved my life, but they definitely saved my heart. And I think that's true for me too. As a teen, I was, um, I was by myself a lot just for one reason or another and books, if they didn't save my life, they definitely saved my heart. So I, I have a heart for, um, for, you know, those young adults who are trying to figure life out, who maybe don't have friends except for the books that they read. And so um, that's, that's still, you know, that's still something that really calls to me. So. Um, what, so I'd love to talk a little bit about the time travel series. I was sure. so now in addition to Mars series and, and the Ripple series. Now you decided to jump into the, the time travel pond. Um, can you tell us just a little bit about the, the premise behind that, that series? Sure. Again, it's going to be a science-y premise. So um, a, uh, I started out with um, a group of three friends, girlfriends, living in Santa Barbara. Um, and Santa Barbara is this funny area that has these populations. It's got pockets of extreme wealth and um, extreme not-so-wealthy. And so I've got mm. these three friends who are from different parts of of you know this world financially anyway or mm -hmm. economically um and yeah. the first one is she's uh taken over a house sitting job for her mom and something goes something there's an earthquake something's an alarm's going off down in this basement that she knows she's not allowed to go into but the alarm's going off what are you gonna do so she yeah. goes down there and oops accidentally uh accidentally uses a time machine that has been built down there by a physicist. So, uh, and, uh, and then she accidentally brings someone back to the future from 1598 London. Uh, so that's okay. starts. The fun premise. And it seems like from reading the descriptions on the different books in the Even Time series that they focus on different characters. Like does each book focus on a different protagonist? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I was saying I got these three girlfriends and each each mm -hmm. of them then gets their own story um, where uh, some on accident, some a little bit more on purpose are, are transported, are traveling back to a different era. Um, and that's, that's a part that I really enjoyed too, is that chance to, to just really dive right into a historical time period and, and spend some time there and, uh, and learn about it. Um, learning, you know, right down to the things like, what was the language like at this time? How did people use language differently? Well, English anyway, uh, differently. So. Do you feel like you, you have to choose your time periods that you're t having them go to based on how much you want to research that time period? <laughs> yeah, good question. Um, you know, I just totally cheated and I went with things that were interesting to me. I was like, yeah. I love the Elizabethan period. We're totally going there. Um, and, and that was, yeah. you know, one that, that, I, that I do know a lot about and I knew I would love researching. Um, and then I've always wanted to know more about Wilbur and Orville Wright. So book mm -hmm. two is really, you know, about, uh, about getting over the fear of flying, but the heroine does that by traveling back to meet the Wright brothers. Um, and then the yeah, third, the third one, um, in the second book, um, a, our, 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 I guess villain, our bad guy, <laughs> um, accidentally brings someone back from ancient Rome and basically abandons him in the modern world. 
So book three then is really focused on this character. And, and this is somebody that I you know, met when I was walking through the forum. I was fevered. So in this fevered state, I was like, oh, you're going to be the person who's the hero in book three, you know. Um, That's right. Yeah. And, and again, it was. So you were able to, sorry? So you're able to go to, Rome, go to Rome and walk around. You're actually getting inspired on location. Totally. That happens that. to me a lot. I love to travel. And very mm -hmm. frequently when I'm traveling somewhere, I'll realize, oh, oh, here's this character who's starting to talk in my head. Um, here's this story. So, yeah, it's kind of a nice, um, what do you call a serendipitous thing that happens when I travel. I'm, I'm often uh, find characters showing up in my head. Yeah, it sounds like a great way to get your head in the space, yeah. in the physical space. Yeah, bit, definitely. Right? You're, you're so right, yeah. We have a, another question from Sean. He says, I always ask this of time travel authors, do you believe it's possible to time travel or if it's already happening, but we just don't see it? I love the idea. I don't think it's possible except one way, thanks to Mr. Einstein. Well, you know, I, I try to follow Dr. Science on his explanations to me of, you know, is time travel possible? And I kind of, kind of, I admit that <laughs> I have a hard time following everything he says. So mm -hmm. um, I think it's one of those things where it, it sounds to me, and this is, I do not have no PhD and no physics, but it sounds to me like theoretically it's possible. Um, realistically, I don't know. It's, it sounds like it's impossible for us to actually do it. So it becomes kind of one of those mind games or mind exercises where sure in theory, but in actuality, you know, kind of, um, maybe some, maybe there's some analogy to be made with Schrodinger's cat. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, um, I've heard that question from Sean before. It's, um, it's a good one. It makes you think a little bit about, you know, what, what are real ideas about time? It's such a great uh, question. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's complex for sure. So yeah, thank you, Sean, for that question. If anyone else is watching and wants to ask more questions of Sydney, definitely um, jump in. Sometimes there's a little bit of a delay as the questions pop up, but um, definitely ask, ask whatever questions you want. And we'll uh, try to allow a little bit of a bonus time for that for sure. So, um, you had mentioned Santa Barbara. Is that a place you'd hung out? Yeah, I went to school as an undergraduate there. And then right after Chris finished his PhD and I had finished a, a master's, we um, actually went down to Santa Barbara for, for a two-year position that, that he had. And then I, I picked up work there as well. Um, so, you know, that was, yeah. that was, it was kind of that experience of, oh, all of this is familiar, but I was a different person when I was here before. And um, so I think a lot of the things that I noticed about Santa Barbara were things that I noticed, you know, as that adult returning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And obviously you had some you know, authenticity to your story from having been there and, and lived it, of course. Um, if you could time travel back to your the early part of your career when you're first writing these writing stories would you have any advice to yourself as a writer early on who um let's see get in kdp select right away <laughs> back during the gold rush days um no but yeah. let's see uh advice um somebody Anything you know now 
wish you knew then? Yeah, well, somebody did give me some good advice that took me a while to follow through with, and that was when you are done with a manuscript, set it aside and, and let it marinate, let it, you know, age, mm. put it in the cob or whatever. And that yeah. um, advice I found really hard to take in the beginning. I just wanted to, okay, I'm ready to revise. Here we go. Here's my editor's notes. And I, you know, I just wanted to, to take off with it right away. Um, I've definitely learned that there's a lot to be said for setting something aside, for letting, for letting your own brain get into a different headspace so that you can come back. And honestly, it's, it's about objectivity and things that you just can't see yeah. the first time through. So I, I definitely wish I had followed that advice that the early writer me did get. I just didn't follow it. Yeah. So, what are some of the things you do to give yourself a little bit of mental headspace from your story so you can come back to it fresh? Um, well, I, um, I do think that writers need to be doing things besides writing. You know, I think that um, anytime you pick up a new skill or um, try something for the first time, it, it kind of shakes something in our, in our creative brain loose a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. so there's like this double payoff. So I started taking violin a couple of years ago. Um, and you know, sure enough, some of the, some of the experiences that I had being really bad at playing violin, um, would transfer over into ways that maybe I wanted to approach my writing, um, or, or to just give myself grace about, you know, this is hard and you're just going to have to keep working at it and working at it. Um, I, I recently have been doing a lot of crafting because some of my writer friends pop up these beautiful things they're making and I'm like, oh, how did you make that? I need that. <laughs> so, um, so, and I think travel is a huge one, you know, um, like I say, just shaking your head into, into a different space. Um, our brains love new material, you know, they love new inputs. So I think yeah. that's real helpful for writers. What are you working on right now? Right now, I'm working on three things. Um, I very much want to go back to Mars. So I've got a story that's set more in the near future as opposed to 300 years from now. Um, so I'm working on that. I'm also working on a story of, again, a character that wouldn't leave, a Cuban-American uh, young man with some who, who finds out that he's not necessarily Cuban-American like everybody in his family. So identity story there. And then um, the fourth book in the in the time travel series, working on that one too. All right, very cool. Um, Sean asks asks, uh, what are you reading right now? Anything inspiring you in in fiction? Um, let's see. Fiction? I've I've been reading I've been reading a ton of, of Cuban American fiction. Um, definitely, yeah. um, the the Prince of Los Cucayos is one of my favorite ones that I finished recently. Um, I did also, I grabbed your book, Nathan, because I'd been meaning to forever, and I'm okay. like, I am not getting on the Facebook chat without having read his book. <laughs> Loved it. So much fun. Really, really looking okay. forward to reading some more there. Um, and then yeah. I, I'm always, you know, dipping in and out of YA, so um, there's a new uh, Claudia Gray right now in the Defy the Stars series that I'm making my way through. Um, Rereading some Lainey Taylor. Um, I don't know. It's a long list. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the same boat. I've got so many books started on my, on my nightstand and on my Kindle. Right? Yeah. Need more time. Never enough time. Yeah. Um, a problem we, we wish we could solve. We could solve it in fiction, but not in real life. Right, right. Um, 
Kay asks, who in your life inspires your characters? Mm. You know, I used to never have an answer because I've been asked this question before and I was like, I have no idea. Um, but recently, as I was um, as I was researching the the Wright brothers and writing that that second book in the time series, um, mm-hmm. I realized, wow, their their conversational patterns, at least as recorded, it sounds exactly like my grandfather. I I have this beloved grandfather who grew up in Kansas, so you know from the Midwest and maintained some of those speech patterns all his life, even though as a young man he did come out to to the West. Um, so I, I think I ended up kind of conflating the characters of my grandfather and, you know, Orville Wright in, in doing that book. Um, in general, I'm, I'm just not self-aware enough to know, you know, if they're, if that's happening all the time. Um, but that one I could actually pin down. That's pretty cool. Yes. Language is such a, yeah, a way to know a character and, um, yeah, especially like, phrases and things from the past sometimes I I know my grandfather used to say things that I'd never heard of but they were common phrases in the past but so yeah that's pretty cool yeah yeah um I said Marilyn says I guess I love her cover art um (laughs) yeah who's doing your covers your covers are gorgeous oh here here's one of them um So this is Natalia Suellen. She is, um, she's in Brazil. She's a complete genius. I love her. She's worth every penny. Um, And I'm trying to think, um, this cover, the Ripple series cover has actually, it's had tons of iterations. And most recently, Mm -hmm. um, Alex Von Nessick is the, Alex Von Ness, sorry, is the one who's done that. Um, And yeah, you know, more, Natal- more Natalia covers the Thief in Time. She does these yeah, just gorgeous wraparounds, too. So I yeah. I love her work. Yeah, that's, I was always, I, they're very eye-catching, <laughs> you know, because I, I, see, I see your books on a lot of the same charts, you know, as mine when I'm browsing around Amazon, and they, they are always very, very visually arresting. So, yeah, gorgeous work on those. Um, so where can people find more information about you and, and, uh, where should people start with your books? Do you have any recommendations? Um, um should jump into you know, first? I'm cheap. I would say start with the ones that are free, honestly. So <laughs> if you're interested in Mars, the Saving Mars has a free, uh, free book one. Um, if the, okay. if the one with the invisibility gene sounds interesting, again, the book one is free. Um, right now, so the, the Amazon actually picked up the Thief in Time series, um, picked it up digitally. I, I retained the, the print rights on that. But since they've picked that up, I, you know, I don't have the ability to make it free anymore. But I will say that right now, this week, they have it, um, they have it marked down to 99 cents. So save three bucks. Woo! <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. So, and then, um, of course, SydneySwanson.com. That's me. Yeah. All right, and people um, watching, it's uh, CID anyway, so for Sydney. So, um, Sydney, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to, to come on the show and, and chat with me. I really Hi, I'm so glad we overcame the, uh, the, the technical hurdles there. Thanks so much, Nathan. Really appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks so much. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye bye.